1: You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. Cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. You will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin, and the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today's episode is brought to you by Frederick and the Medical College of Wisconsin, working hard to bring you what's possible for your health. The Freighter NMCW Health Network is transforming the way care is delivered to make it easier for you to connect with the best of academic medicine when and where you need it. We're going to spend today with a scouting report of the Carolina Panthers just to give you a a lot of insight. I know yesterday with our crossover show, we spent a lot of time talking about Cam Newton. We spent a lot of time talking in broad strokes about the offense and the defense, but I really want to dig into what this team is, what it's done well, and what it hasn't done well because as I went back through it, There was a lot of really interesting things that jumped out. I I think this this last week against the Titans was particularly instructive because the Titans run a very similar style of offense to Green Bay. The idea when Matt Lafleur left was that they would keep continuity in order to to help Marcus Mariota and run similar concepts, similar formations, similar calls, that kind of thing. So, what we what we found, we'll get to. um, You know, look at their offense, look at their defense. Um, and, and some nuggets in there as I did my research that that were surprising to me uh, that we will get to to start I, I want to talk about the defense because they've had issues over the course of the last few weeks and I dug into that as well and tried to figure out okay what is going on with this defense because they're suddenly in the bottom half of the league by dvoA and this is after being you know one of the five, eight, nine, ten best defenses for for most of the season. But you have a couple bad games, and all of a sudden things can go sideways for you. What I found when I went back to try and figure out, okay, what exactly is going on here? Because over the last six weeks, Green Bay has not been able to create pressure the same kind of way. They've not been able to get sacks the same kind of way. But their pressure rate has actually remained relatively stable. So they're just not getting sacks at the same rate. Not a huge deal. Those things tend to equal out over time. Teams that get a lot of pressure tend to eventually get a lot of sacks. What I wanted to see was, is the Derek Carr model, the get the ball out of your hands as quickly as possible and try and do something with it, is that what has been hurting the Packers? Is, is that supported by the data, because I know anecdotally to a lot of fans, and I would say even to myself included, it it felt that way at times, but I went back and I looked at what went on with this defense, and I, I, I went to see, okay, how are teams attacking Green Bay when they throw the ball in less than two and a half seconds, and how are they when they hold the ball for more than two and a half seconds, and generally speaking, teams that hold the ball and quarterbacks that hold the ball are not as effective as the quarterbacks who get the ball out quickly on a consistent basis. Most quarterbacks, when they throw it under two and a half seconds, have a better rating. They're more efficient when they when they throw the ball quickly. And the longer they throw the ball, the less effective they become. Aaron Rodgers is the exception to that rule. Although, you know, I think when what we saw this last week and what we see often at times from him is when he throws on schedule and, and on rhythm... Uh, this offense is at its best. When he is trying to create and improv and do other stuff to, to create outside the structure of the offense, that's when things break down. So if you're a defense, what you want to do is force teams to hold the ball, and you do that usually with good coverage or you just sack them. can't throw the ball if you're sacked. So there's that. But once they hold the ball, you have to be able to cover. And the, the big plays that Green Bay has allowed – They are number one in the league in allowing plays of 40-plus. That has been a problem really all season. Usually, generally speaking, big plays come from holding the ball. You sit, you have to wait for those long routes to develop. Maybe it's play action, and you take a deep drop, and now you can create those plays down the field. Early in the season, Green Bay was excellent at defending those plays. When quarterbacks held the ball, they were significantly worse than when they got the ball out early. In week one, Mitch Trubisky's passer rating was 41 points better when he got the ball out quickly. In week two, Kirk Cousins was 24 points better almost. In week three, Joe Flacco almost 38 points better. And then there is a line of demarcation at that. Those three weeks, Green Bay covered and green bay pressured and it is not a coincidence that they also got a bunch of interceptions in those games. You hold the ball, the pressure comes and you throw off target or you throw into coverage which which creates turnovers. But in week 4 Carson Wentz just 12 and a half points better. Week 5, Dak Prescott just 7 points better. Week 6, Matthew Stafford was almost 24 points better when he held the ball, when he was pushing the ball down the field. Now, Derek Carr sort of skews this data a little bit, but he was actually um, also very good when he held the ball. He was just even better when he got the ball out quickly. Week eight, Matt Moore was almost 23 points better by passer rating when he held the ball versus when he got the ball out quickly. And last week, Phillip Rivers, 14 and a half points better by passer rating. So what, is, what are all those numbers telling us? They're telling us that teams are able to attack Green Bay down the field. They are able to create big plays by holding onto the ball. Green Bay is not forcing the issue. And this jives with what we've seen from them. They have not been sending extra people. They have not been doing the kinds of creative designer blitzes that we're used to seeing where they're sending extra guys. Now, Mike Patton is still doing some interesting things at the line of scrimmage. It's just a little less frequent because... I'm sure he feels like, with precedents Darius Smith and Kenny Clark and Kyler Fackrell, that they're able to generate a pass rush with four. So why send five or six? Well, this is a reason why, because even though Green Bay continues to create pressure, like I said, their pressure rate has been pretty stable. They're still a top five team in the league at creating pressure on the quarterback, but they haven't been able to prevent big plays because when teams are able to hold the ball, you can't get pressure every play. Even the best teams are only going to get pressure like a third of the time so that means the rest of the time you've got to be able to cover and you've got to be able to confuse quarterbacks and you got to be able to do things to, to keep them off schedule keep them in in third and longs for example now if you if you can't stop the run it's harder to do that and then if teams are always in third and manageable but that's not necessarily the case Teams are picking up chunk plays on 2nd and 10, on 3rd and 12, on 3rd and 8, on 2nd and 8. They're on 1st and 10. So this is a problem for the Packers in number one, coverage. They just have not been as good covering in the second half of the season to date. Now, they are still, by the way, in the top 10 in coverage grade by Pro Football Focus. So overall, I do think they're a good cover team. Darnell Savage has not been great since he came back. I think part of that has to do with the, the supporting safety cast, and, we, and we've talked about that ad nauseum on the show. You hope Ibrahim Campbell can, can help you with that. You need Jair Alexander to get back to being the guy he was early in the season. Adrian Amos has been steady and consistent and really good. He needs some of these other guys to step up. Tremon Williams has been really good. Kevin King has been up and down. And that's part of the problem. You need him to play steadier. Darnell Savage is a rookie. He's going to be up and down. Blake Martinez is a problem. And I think Green Bay needs to find ways to get Oren Burks on the field in these coverage situations because he can run. I went back and watched Ibrahim Campbell, the two two games where he played 75-plus percent of snaps, and Oren Burks plays in, in those games more than we've seen him this year. And man, his speed stands out. And he still has issues in the run game, but he flies around the field. His speed is so apparent and is so different than what we're used to seeing from Blake Martinez. So, you know, this is, this is something that they're going to have to get fixed. It is a troubling trend. And it is not the case that teams are... Throwing more short, and so that's skewing the data. Not really the case. Teams are actually throwing quickly less often. Derek Carr threw significantly less often quickly against the Packers. Phillip Rivers did as well. Teams know that if they hold the ball, they can get shots down the field because Mike Patton is going to play aggressively. He's not been playing with two safeties in the back end because you want to be creative, you want to disguise. Green Bay does not want to just play two shell and, and man underneath. They want to do different things. They want to confuse. They want to disguise. They want to stem. And and that can lead to open shots down the field. Green Bay has to find ways to get those leaks plugged. And speaking of plugging, let's talk about Blue Chew. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package so no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA and... Since BlueChew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than going to a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Go to BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free. When you use our promo code LOCKEDON, just pay $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com, promo code LOCKEDON to try it free. Today's episode is also brought to you by MyBookie. Are you the type of fan that knows football so well you could choose any game and call who wins it? Well, MyBookie is the place for you because they let you Turn all of that sports knowledge into cash in your wallet. Between football season, the NBA, start of college basketball, it's time to get off the sidelines and get in the action with my bookie. If you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to MyBookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. Where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. So go to MyBookie. What are you waiting for? Because if you join right now, my bookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1000 that means if you deposit 2000 you get an extra 1000 in free money to play with it sounds like a lot of you were joining and putting that money in and they were having to give it to you and now they said mm, all right maybe halfway but that means other people are getting that free money why aren't you getting that free money go to mybookie.ag use the promo code locked on to activate the offer mybookie.ag you play you win you get paid All right, let's start with the Panthers' defense because this is the part of the the team that I think fans are uh, most interested in. It's also the best part of this team. Right now, this Panthers' defense is ninth in DVOA, uh, third against the pass, 32nd against the run. 32nd against the run, last in the league. They are the worst run defense team in the league. They are also the worst run. Red zone team in the league, last in points per possession in the red zone allowed. Green Bay offensively, first in red zone possessions allowed. And and when I went back and watched Carolina against Tennessee, what I found was a team that relied heavily on turnovers. As a Packers fan, I would think that you can understand what that might look like. That when you're not getting turnovers, you're giving up yards. In fact, Tennessee outgained Carolina despite running four fewer plays. They beat them per play by more than a full yard, 6.7 versus 5.4. Carolina actually didn't play great on offense. Kyle Allen, just 17 of 32 for 232 with two touchdowns and a pick. You know, Christian McCaffrey, the the numbers look nice, the 146, but one of those carries of his 24 was a 58 yarder so 23 carries you know and and 90 yards looks a lot different than 24 and 146 Green Bay cannot give up the big play to Christian McCaffrey because if they don't I think this Packers defense can get some things done here but but back to the the Carolina defense their sack rate looks really nice their third in adjusted sack rate and you go okay well their their pass rush is going to be a problem right well maybe because what what the the statistics will tell you what the numbers say is they may actually be finishing sacks at an unsustainable rate. They're only 24th in pressure rate. So they're they're not creating pressure often but they're creating sacks more often than most teams, which means that the few times they are creating pressure, they're converting them. They are the Kyler Fackrell of defenses. And they're only 17th in pass rush win rate. So they're a below-average team beating blocks. They're a well-below-average team creating pressure. And they're a well-below-average team, 25th in adjusted line yards, which is a stat that measures offensive line and how much push they get in the run game. They're below average in that, yet they're elite sacking the quarterback? That's, that's a strange thing. That means the variance is high. And that's something that I think Green Bay can take advantage of because if their offensive line can, can keep these pass rushers at bay and say, oh, maybe you get three sacks. You can live with three sacks if it's not like what happened in L.A. where they're creating havoc in the in the backfield constantly. That was the problem more than the sacks against the Chargers. It was the fact that it seemed like every time Rodgers dropped back, he was going to be under duress. That is not the case with the Carolina defense. In fact, Brian Burns, who has had a nice rookie season and a lot of Packer fans really wanted him to be on their team. Uh, He was on his ass a lot. Taylor Luan dominated. He played 69% of snaps, number one. Nice. And number two, despite playing most of the game, uh, he did not have a single stat, did not post in the stat sheet. His name is not even on it in the ESPN box score, okay? So he is another high-variance player. He is indicative of of the high-variance defense that they have. And that is something that I think Green Bay can take advantage of. This is a team that plays a lot of zone coverage, and when they cannot create pressure, you can do things against this defense. Ryan Tannehill, when they had time, they were able to get after this defense. Now, Dante Jackson at at corner is really good. And if they're going to try and throw the ball deep, which you know they are, he is not the guy to go after. James Bradbury is the guy on the other side to go after. And he's got size. He's got length. But Tennessee was able to attack him. And he's someone who has, over the course of the season, been a little bit up and down. Now, linebacker Luke Keekley and Shaq Thompson are as athletic a duo as there is in the NFL. And they rally to the ball. And their ability to play in the middle of the field is outstanding. The thing about the Packers' offense is Aaron Rodgers does not really care about the middle of the field that much. He would much rather play on the edges and and on the sidelines. And that is where I think you can attack this Panthers defense. The safeties are not great, although Trey Boston did get a pick last week on a play where Ryan Tannehill just, it was brutal, just never saw him. That was why Tennessee lost that game. They lose the game by 10. They kick two field goals that they miss, and they were minus two in turnovers. If Green Bay doesn't turn the ball over, they can get after this defense because you can run on them. I mean, look, down 17-0. Coming out of the the second half, on the first possession, Tennessee marches down the field just running the ball right at the Carolina defense. I think this is going to be the kind of thing for the Packers offense where they're going to play in heavy personnel. Danny Vitale on the field a lot, two tight ends, maybe even three tight ends, and they're going to run from heavy personnel, but they're also going to throw from heavy personnel. And play action from heavy personnel. The Carolina Panthers defense allows, when throwing, 2.2 yards more per pass. That is a huge difference with play action versus without it. So if you're going to throw, that's the way to do it. And I think if you're going to throw, you want to do it out of heavy personnel against their base personnel. You don't want to get them into sub package, let them put more speed on the field, and then you know give Brian Burns and Mario Addison and and the Carolina defensive front opportunities to go rush the passer because they can do that. Dontari Post still has juice and Vernon Butler can still play. And and Gerald McCoy is still, you know, someone that can that can be useful. Bruce Irvin is on this team. So, you know, they they have guys that you have to to think about. I don't know about worry about. Tennessee got them in the screen game. I think that's something Green Bay is going to get back to. They had a couple actually beautiful screens. And when Tannehill had time, he consistently found guys open. Tannehill got them with his legs a couple times versus man coverage. And when they do play man, because they're not going to only play zone. Defensively, there is some similarities to Gus Bradley in that they're not going to try and confuse you. They're not going to try and, and trick you. It is, this is what we're doing, and we think we can execute it better than you. And for most of the year, they have. And they've got ball hawking guys, guys who can create turnovers. Obviously, Keekly is an animal. And you have to be prepared for that. And speaking of being prepared, if you want to be prepared to take down all of the food at the holidays, you're going to need some cardio. And right now, Peloton is offering a limited-time offer to our listeners. Get $100 off accessories when you purchase the Peloton bike and get a great cardio workout at home. Go to OnePeloton.com and use promo code LOCKED to get started. You're worried about the Packers injury report. I get it. But what happens when you wind up on the injury report? The Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network is transforming the way healthcare is delivered to make it easier for you to connect with the best of academic medicine when and where you need it. But what exactly is academic medicine anyway? First, it's rare. There are only 120 academic medical centers in the country. The Frederick and MCW Network is one of only two in the state and the only one in eastern Wisconsin. Academic medicine makes possible leading-edge primary and specialty care research to find innovative cures for complex diseases and the education of the next generation of healthcare professionals. It's like having a two-time MVP quarterback under center. You know you're in good hands, and you might just see things you never thought possible. Freighter and MCW physicians have been part of many scientific discoveries of new ways to prevent and treat diseases. Still wondering what academic medicine offers you? Visit www.freidert.com academic, the Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network. This is what is possible.
0: one organic bread for a reason. It tastes so stinking good. Dave's Killer Bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-GMO ingredients and is power packed with whole grains, fiber, and protein. Visit DavesKillerbread.com to learn more and look for Dave's Killer
1: Bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store. So I know a lot of fans are nervous about Christian McCaffrey. And you know I think Rightfully so in a lot of ways. Um, But Carolina overall, 21st in offense, 24th in passing. Only 5th in rushing despite the fact that Christian McCaffrey is a legit MVP candidate. Uh, Their offensive line is not very good. 25th in allowing sacks. 30th in pass rush win rate, which is a tongue twister why I have to say it slowly. You, you You can pressure Kyle Allen, but he is difficult to take down. He can make throws on the run. He is... The The comparison I made yesterday was that he is Costco Kirk Cousins in that he, he can get on a, a hot streak. They're going to use play action a ton. They are third in the league in play action rate. So they're going to use play action a lot. Green Bay has to be prepared for it, and they have to be willing to you know let Christian McCaffrey, if he's going to run the ball, get your four or five yards, tackle him, and that's it. And then don't get beat deep because Kyle Allen is going to want to throw the ball down the field. He wants to push it and he's going to throw it into coverage. He is going to throw it and let his receivers go make a play. So this has to be a week where Kevin King and Jair Alexander are ready for that, where they are saying, look, we're going to, we have to take, we have to take this opportunity and, and take advantage because of Dory Jackson, you know, he had a chance to make a pick and couldn't do it. And there were a couple times when, when the Panthers, we're throwing the ball up. Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore, Jarius Wright—not the biggest group of receivers—and it looked like Tennessee had a chance to make a play and just couldn't. So this has to be something where, you know, if the, if the Titans had not allowed Christian McCaffrey to break that 65-yarder, they would have had a chance to be right in this game and and if not win it, make it a lot closer than it was. Obviously, you can't take that away. That counts. And Christian McCaffrey is a a dangerous, dangerous weapon. What's interesting is they didn't use him much as a receiver. Uh, you know, three catches for 20 yards. Someone as good as Christian McCaffrey, I would think they would want to use more that way. Um, and and I, I can't explain why they didn't. Uh, they have, over the course of the season, used him as a receiver a decent amount. But against given how much nickel Green Bay is probably going to play, I don't know if that's even the smart way to handle you know what the what this Packers defense is going to throw at them. I think they're going to want to just say okay we don't think you can stop the run game and so here's the run game good luck totally reasonable approach. Um, but they are not what has plagued the Packers most of the year is Green Bay inside has had issues defensive linemen getting washed out and not having linebackers there to fill because of the kinds of formations that they're seeing and, and the way that they're playing them with that 5-1 look. But the Panthers like to get to the edge, and they like to run those crack tosses. They like to run those toss sweeps and lead tosses and and get Christian McCaffrey out in space with blockers in front. Now, the the big run he ripped off was one that went up the middle, and so those are the ones that you just that you can't have. You cannot have that. And that was at a point in the game where Carolina was trying to run out the clock or, or at least get in into a, a you know a late game situation, a five minute offense. And so I'd maybe Tennessee was taking some chances. But you know look, the way I would approach this team, I'm playing two deep safeties. I'm playing some version of big nickel. Where I have Tremont Williams on the field. I'm playing two linebackers and that four man front. And I'm playing two deep, like I said, two deep safeties so that they're not going to get anything deep, so that I have last line of defense players if Christian McCaffrey breaks through the line. And I have multiple off the line of scrimmage defenders, linebackers in this case, who can fill. That's the way I would approach it. I don't know if that's the way Mike Patton is going to approach it. Now, when you have Ibrahim Campbell, maybe that changes the the calculation. Matt LaFleur said Campbell is going to be that dime linebacker. So that means, you know, he's going to play that third safety role, probably over Shannon Sullivan and Will Redmond. So, you know, how much is, is he going to be on the field? Is he going to be on the field with, with bigger looks up front? I don't know. I'm just telling you how I would approach the game. And, We'll see if that's the same approach that Mike Patton is going to take. He he's going to have a lot of things that that he's going to be able to think about, that he's going to be able to throw at Kyle Allen. I do think this is the kind of game where you're going to see uh, some some different stuff to try and confuse Kyle Allen. I think Mike Patton, to his his fault a little bit, said, you know, I don't think we're going to be able to trick Phil Rivers, so let's not even try. And that's just I, I just don't think that's the right approach. And when you look at the numbers that we went over earlier in the in the show, I think they need to ramp up the aggressiveness a little bit because it's like if you're if you're gonna give up the big plays anyway, you might as well try and create some. The the turnovers are down, the interceptions are down, and I think part of the reason is they haven't been as aggressive sending five and six guys. They haven't sent Darnell Savage on those safety blitzes as much. They haven't sent, you know, they, they liked Raven Green as a blitzer is that's going to be something that they'll use Ibrahim Campbell with because they didn't send Shannon Sullivan or, or Will Redman when those guys were were in the mix there. So, you know, this is an opportunity for Mike Patton to get back to what he wants to be, and that is someone who can be aggressive, come downhill, and just say, look, if Kyle Allen wants to throw the ball up to Curtis Samuel, who's a small receiver, and DJ Moore, who is by stature a small receiver but is a physical and, and powerful receiver, at least for his size, then you say, okay, that you know, that's that's gonna be your prerogative. The safeties are gonna be back, and and we think that that you're gonna to struggle to do that. I think that is a a winning formula for this team. And speaking of winning formulas, I th- I do think Green Bay wins. It's gonna be a cold game. I think it's gonna be a a slower paced game as a result, a lot of running. And so I think I see Green Bay winning something like 27-21, uh, 24-14, 24-17, something like that. I think Green Bay wins by something close to a touchdown. And I wouldn't be surprised if it was more than that because I think there are, there are some matchups here to really like for Green Bay uh, with the rushing defense and and wanting to get back on track there with, with the red zone defense that, that Carolina has. And with Kyle Allen, he's essentially a rookie. I mean, he's a first-time starter, not truly a rookie. And Mike Patton is the kind of coach who can create all sorts of havoc for quarterbacks like that. We saw San Francisco do it. And I think Mike Patton's going to be able to do it. It's the kind of game where, you know, maybe you get a pick or two. And I got teased for for saying it was going to be a get-right game a lot this year. And I don't. I feel like I haven't sent, said it in a while, but this is definitely a get-right game. This is a team that that their weaknesses align with Green Bay's strengths. And that, except for, you know, Christian McCaffrey, obviously great. But, you know, Tennessee did a pretty, pretty good job of containing him last week. You just have to guard against the big play. And obviously that is a, a problem for the Packers, but most of the big plays that they've given up have been passes with the exception of the Dalvin Cook long run. So, you know, maybe that bodes well for them here. I just, in what is likely going to be sub-zero temperatures, if we're doing Celsius, but sub-freezing for sure, uh, then, you know, this is this is a game where Green Bay has to get the advantage. They have to win. And they they got they go into the bye week eight and two with the opportunity to go to San Francisco and and try and wrestle a top seed away from the 49ers. I'm sure Aaron Rodgers, in his return to the Bay Area, would like nothing more. Our, our live show tomorrow on Periscope, 4 Central, 5 Eastern. Follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski to get that. Uh, follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Subscribe to us, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. Uh, you can like us on Facebook. And anytime you want to hit us up, I did have someone. I made the joke yesterday on the podcast that I want the filet mignon of questions. And and we actually had someone say, here's my, my best attempt at filet mignon. Not really a cook. But uh, I appreciated that. And it was a good question. So we'll see if we can get to it tomorrow as part of our live show with the injury report. Which, like I said, not a lot on the injury report at this point. So we're thinking it's going to be a more questions-heavy show, which makes the Periscope format even better. Because it's live and I can take your questions in real time so go watch the periscope tomorrow if if you hadn't planned on it go do it tell your boss you got to be you got to be locked in for this and you should always be locked in or to put a finer point on it you have to be locked on packers